Hi everyone, welcome to You Belong Here. I'm your host, Beth Ruffin. And if you've ever struggled with understanding your place in the world, I'm so glad you're here. I'm your guide for getting unstuck and showing up for yourself. Each week, we'll discuss actionable steps you can take to insist on yourself, ignite yourself to action, and create meaningful impact in your life. If you're ready for a life-changing transformation, grab a notebook and a pen and get ready. And in case no one has told you today, you belong here. Welcome back to this week's episode of You Belong Here with Beth Ruffin. I'm here with this week's guest, Dina Chopolis. Dina, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you for, for joining. I would love if you could just start out and just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So I am a chronic pain coach, educator, and uh, curator which means that I work with the chronic pain community and kind of filter the information that they're not getting from their physicians to the community who really need it most. So really kind of taking the research that's not being passed along and making it a little more understandable. So that's what I do. I am a mom of three and my husband also lives with a chronic illness. So I'm kind of surrounded by the lived experience with chronic pain and whatnot. So I love this. And I love that we're talking because I have fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain. Oh, yes. I'm so glad we can. Yes. I'm already sitting here like, okay, what research have I not seen? I need to oh, talk right now. Okay. Well, let's talk. <laughs> so how, why do you think that this happens where like people aren't getting the information that they need? Oh, great question. Okay. So it's a big answer, but I'll try and keep it as small as possible. So unfortunately, our medical model is really kind of broken. And so it's really good for the acute care. So if there are issues with the tissues, heart disease, you know, any sort of short-term injury, it's really good for that. But chronic pain research is showing us that the chronic condition is very different and chronic pain works very differently than acute pain does. And so I'm seeing a lot of nod a nodding, which is good. It sounds like you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. this already. Okay, fantastic. And so the part of the issue is the information is not getting filtered down. So our physicians and our medical model, they do not currently, although it's starting to change, have enough in their mandatory curriculum to be able to inform them on chronic pain. Ah, okay. Yeah, veterinarians actually get more mandatory chronic pain education than our physicians do. Again, it's changing, but it's so slow. There's at least 12 years, if not more, really cool research coming out to showcase how pain, chronic pain really truly works. That's, it's interesting because, well, so it took me three years to get diagnosed because they were, of course, testing for everything else. And you know, that fibro is by exclusion, mm -hmm. uh, but it is so hard for me to explain to other people what it feels like to have chronic pain, right? Because people want to compare it like, oh, is it like, it's like, listen, I'm in pain every mm -hmm. single minute of every day. And people are like, no, 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 that can't be. I'm like, no, this is really what it is. It's really truly, yes, yes, yes. And the, the whole lived experience is just truly and sadly, we live in a very uninformed society. So from our medical model to trauma to what the general public understands about pain. And so that's part of my mission is to try and really spread this message that there's just so much more to understand so that people like yourself don't have to take three years, right, to learn all about stuff. Yeah. And so that it's easier for me to help explain my condition to others, right? Now, fortunately, 
I have a great doctor. I found her on a list of good doctors. And so she's informed. But I know a lot of people are not as fortunate as I am when it comes to their medical professionals. What are some of the, with the people you work with, what are some of the challenges that they have? Oh, do you have three hours? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're a great question. So the first and foremost is sort of the way we are traditionally groomed is to go to your doctor, which we should absolutely. And you follow along the medical model, which is great. You know, you go and get tested for the red flags, see where we need to sort of work, what might be needing help, might need some imaging, surgery, medication, you name it, which is important. But unfortunately, what then happens is they don't tell you the rest. So it leaves our community searching (laughs) and searching, searching for answers for perhaps diagnoses, not being believed, not being heard, not feeling like they're being heard. You know, people around them not understanding, just like you mentioned early on what it feels like, what the lived experience is like. And then there's that cascade effect of anxiety and depression that often comes along with living a life with pain, right? Because pain is a form of trauma if you've been living with it long enough. So then there's a whole cascade of things from just that. So it is really important. I I just as I thought of on the side note, I love the fact that your podcast is asking three really important questions. I know we'll get into that, but I yes, just wanted point. to say it. Fine. I love your approach. So yeah, there are a multitude of issues that the chronic pain community are facing. I mean, gaslighting. It is just one yeah. thing we could talk a whole hour or two about, right? There's just so many layers to it. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned those questions. Let's get into it because I will say as someone with chronic pain and chronic seed, I often do feel excluded, right? Like I often feel like maybe it's I'm not able to participate in something or I make plans and then I have to cancel or I feel alone because other people don't understand. And so, you know, with this concept of self-inclusion, it's really about how do I foster my own belonging? Mm -hmm. And so what advice do you have on how do we first insist on ourselves and on Mm -hmm. our own success? Okay, great question because it is twofold, right? It's it's it it's like anything else, you know, any relationship that we've ever been coached on, you have to be able to learn to love yourself before you can love others, right? Or you put the oxygen mask on first in the airplane before you help others. It's kind of the same idea. So in the chronic pain community and you likely have experienced this yourself, there's that general sense that pain care is something that's done to you. And that is true for typically an acute injury or a diagnosis or a de- degenerative state, you know, You go to see the doctor, you get imaging, you get medication, perhaps a treatment protocol. But I'm hoping that we can sort of switch the narrative and say, on top of that, we need to now ask the question, what can we do for ourselves? And there, good news is, a whole lot of stuff that we can do for ourselves. So partly is the conditioning and the way that our medical model works. But if we can start to insist on our own success start asking questions, start, and I know we'll go more into this, but start believing in your capabilities, in your innate ability to heal. Well, heal is a bit of a loaded word. I'll be very careful with that one. Recover is another way to put it. So once we sort of have that mindset that our bodies are really meant to protect us, our pain is meant to protect us, then we can start to work with it a little bit differently. So the first part of the equation is understanding that there is more to paint. So for us to be able to propel ourselves forward, to insist on our own success, we first have to learn. We have to increase awareness about what pain actually is, how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
mean, it makes sense, right? Like it, it feels simple. Like, okay, I'm experiencing pain. I should understand where this is coming from, how it's working in my body so that I can go. But I want to go back to something you said, which is believing your capability to recover. Can you talk to us a little bit about this? Sure. I'm really glad you pulled that piece out because that's one thing we need to expand on for sure. So first and foremost, recovery is one of those words that can be a bit of a hot button. So especially if you live with a degenerative disease. Recovery is something that means is different for everyone. So recovery could mean, to give some examples, getting back to work, going on a vacation that you have put off for many years because it just hurt too much or you can't fathom the thought of sitting for six hours, getting back to the job that you love or even full-time from part-time. Recovery is connecting with people that you've lost touch with because of the isolation due to pain. There's many different ways of and forms of recovery. So that's kind of the most important part is, but then also understanding, and this is one message that is not really shared very much in when you get a diagnosis or when you're in the medical sort of model up front is that our bodies are pretty damn incredible. Pardon me, pardon the English, very incredible, right? They, they are, we are very capable of pretty powerful things. So when you're being told that, you know, you have fibro or you have chronic fatigue, you're sort of getting the sense that, wow, I'm broken, or there's nothing that I can do in this situation, or it's only going to get worse, or I don't know what else to do for you, right? Those are constant messages. But what's really important to understand is what the body can do. So pain actually is meant to protect, as I sort of alluded to before. And the process of pain is so powerful that it really changes our behaviors in a way to protect us, right? Uh Yeah. Yeah, you know that one. And So if we can start to understand that our bodies have some pretty impressive systems and that healing is something that we do naturally and that anxiety is something that is part of our survival technique and our survival mode and they serve us in certain ways, but that sometimes they just get a little out of whack, then there's a little more hope for, you know, working through all of that. There's a bit more nuances to work with as opposed to there's nothing wrong with you. Absolutely. Because when you get a diagnosis like this, and then you are told there's no cure, it doesn't go away, you can only manage it. You can kind of feel like, well, this is my life now. Like, I'm just gonna, yeah, you know, I'm just going to, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just going to sit in this Mm. position of pain and fatigue forever. But I love what you're saying about insist on your recovery, insist on what that looks like for you, your capabilities. And yeah, I may still carry this condition, Yes, but the condition doesn't have to carry me. Lovely. Oh, I like how you said that. Yes. Yes, yes. And I do believe that it's important for our listeners who might live with chronic pain to understand that it can be difficult to, to do that up front because just, you know, our doctors don't have the luxury of time, right? You get six minutes. And so, and, and sometimes it's frowned upon to insist or ask questions. Yeah. So the more you know, the more you can approach your appointment strategically, have questions that are, you know, beneficial to both parties so that you're working together, right? Right. And I think part of that comes from a basis of understanding. So my favorite researcher, he's one of the lead researchers in chronic pain, Lorimer Mosley out of Australia. He says, understanding pain changes pain. And that is where the empowerment comes from. So we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But 
I love that because I'm I'm immediately thinking like not only physically but emotionally and mentally too. Like, oh gosh, yes, you nailed it. It is it is it is everything, and that is hopefully something we'll have a little time to explore for our yeah. listeners. It, it is chronic pain. Everything matters when right. it comes to chronic pain. I love that. Okay, well let's let's go now to ignite um, okay. because. It's one thing to insist on yourself, but then you have to actually ignite yourself to action. So tell us what that looks like. Right. Okay. Great question. Again, that's why I love your format of your podcast. So yeah, it's it's difficult for the chronic pain community to sort of to hear the word action because, you know, first of all, as you've known for so long, it's kind of like throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what will stick. So you're going to appointment after appointment, expert after expert to see what's going to stick, what's going to help. So action can be difficult in many ways, partially because there's that fatigue, but there's also that belief that they're broken or that they can't do anything other than what the doctor is saying. And then if the doctor is saying, I don't know what to do, then you're stuck, right? Pain is also, you know, traumatic <laughs> to, to live with. And so when you are in that state of high anxiety, heightened pain, it can be really difficult to move towards action. And I'll get to that in a second as far as what we can do about it. And then just the lived experience with pain, which you can attest to, is very disruptive. And so action can seem a little daunting. But again, I come back to if we can learn more about pain, and then this is the most important thing is to sort of Get to a state of belief. So I'm going to explore the belief thing a little bit, if that's okay. Belief that there is more to pain than just what they are hearing from their primary caregiver, just because they don't have the information or they don't have the time. It's not that they're malicious or anything like that. They just don't have the information necessarily. So, you know, if you're starting to ask questions that, is there more that I can do? There's, that's the start of the belief that maybe there is more. Belief also that their current way of managing pain is more painful than what it takes to sort of change things up. So if you believe that, you know, where you currently are is more difficult than the work it takes to live a life more fully with pain, alongside pain, then perhaps, you know, we, we, can, we can work with that. And then finally, there is that belief, like we touched on earlier, about our capabilities, our innate capabilities to be able to mitigate pain, to manage, to cope, you know, all of these words. So belief is a really important part, because if we don't believe that there is choice, that there are options for self-care management, that you are capable, then it's really hard to, to start anything. But if you do start to understand more about pain and if you are, you know, talking through this, listening to podcasts like this to understand or maybe spark something like, oh, maybe there is more I can do. That's a great place to start from. So it's kind of just, you know, opening up that door a little bit and allowing a little bit of the light in. Doesn't have to be a broad, you know, open door yet. It just needs to be, okay, I'm, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to hear you out and see what, what else is out there <laughs> beyond my lived experience. And so what we do sort of in my space is we sort of, if people are ready to come in, we sort of help to work to explore what their bodies are capable of, how the systems work well, so that, you know, you can become one of the key voices at the decision-making table with your, yeah. with your care, right? Yeah. So that and is... I, I like this because when, when you say action, like you say, it might, someone might think, oh, do I have to get up and start like training yeah. for a marathon? It's like, no, 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 no. Action, like you said, it could be just 
believing in your yeah. mind. Right. Just hearing messages of, of like you were bringing to the table right now, right? Yeah. That just starts that, I think conversation is a great spark to yeah. initiate, you know, propo- oops, sorry, propulsion forward. <laughs> yeah. And, and action can mean in, in many forms. You're right. Just talking to others. Action can be reconnecting with people. Action can be taking a few more steps outside your driveway than you did the day before. I mean, there's many forms. That's right. And one of the things that I that I've had to do for myself is I'm, I cannot compete with others. Mm-hmm. I can only compete with who I was yesterday because I know I'm not going to be able to do. Right. At least not today. Right. I can't. Right. But and so that also gets us a lot of times, too, is looking at what others can do and comparing ourselves. But let's not compare ourselves and compete with others, but really just with our within ourselves. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. And I think people who live with pain and you can probably attest to this can be very hard on ourselves. Right. Because of what you endure on a regular basis. And so learning that self-compassion that self-permission is also part of the recovery process, right? So there are lots, but it does start from a place of, just like you said, allowing yourself that space. Oh, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. We, we probably did need three hours for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, get to, let's get to impact. This is an okay. interesting one. How can I, as someone who suffers with chronic pain, make an impact? Oh, Okay, I just got goosebumps. I really did because before I get into it, I have a couple of notes here that I want to share. But I think it is so important for the community to understand that you can give back. And I think giving back is going to be a really key part of your recovery. Okay, so where does this all begin? I believe that making an impact in the world for our chronic pain community starts with an awareness and a deep, deeper understanding of where pain comes from and how it works. And so I'll explain why. Because people might think, what? Like, how does that have impact? So awareness not only for our chronic pain warriors, for our society at large, but also for our medical community, which, again, it's starting to happen. And we're at, we're at a better time now, which is great, of what pain is, how it works, and 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 about the lived experience. So. One thing I want to touch on just a little bit, if I could, is that I think I may have alluded to it before, but when it comes to chronic pain, everything matters. So there's this thing that we, it's a big, long word, we call the biopsychosocial model of pain. And what that means is that all chronic illness, all chronic pain is biological in nature, psychological in nature, and social in nature, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and you, you did touch on that earlier about the emotions and whatnot associated with it. So... When we understand that all pain, all illness is, is biological, psychological, and social, that means we can treat the person as a whole, <laughs> not just the parts, What's the way? whole, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, so chronic pain is very much biological, which just sort of means, you know, the diagnosis, the scans, the medication, the deficiencies, the psychology. And I want to, if I could just take a moment to break that down, because I don't want people thinking that I'm saying, you know, it's all in your head because I, you've probably heard that for years upon years. It is not, the psychology of it just means that pain does impact and is processed through the emotion centers. Yep. And I love that you're nodding along with this and you know what I'm talking about, which is great. The thoughts, our beliefs, our, you know, experiences from the past, trauma, how you were raised, you know, attachment processes to your parents when you were kids. 
you know, the list goes on and on. The social piece is just that sort of the interaction you have with others. It is the environment you work and live in. It is the amount of care you are getting or feel you are not getting. Mm. It's the spiritual side of things. Like it's, we are complex beings, right? There's so much more to us than just, you know, tissues that might be not doing so well. So once we understand that, then we're, we're really in a different position. However, what I do want to mention is that how can we make change? So once we have that knowledge, so when the chronic pain community becomes more empowered to help themselves and to become a key voice at the decision-making table, then, you know, they're more empowered to sort of get back to living and sharing that message with others. So, you know, they're helping themselves. Our society becomes hopefully more aware. Once we start spreading this message more, our society then can become more empathetic, more compassionate towards the chronic pain lived experience, chronic illness, anything that's invisible, mm -hmm. to, be, to be honest. And then our, because when it comes to pain again, and everything matters, you know, people don't necessarily understand the impact they are having on someone's pain when we, we say that words matter. You know, yeah. words that people say will impact others' pain. Yeah. Situations like an, an argument that you may have had or you continue to have over and over again will amplify pain. You know, there, I, could, I could talk for hours about this, but it's really important to, for our society to understand once they start to learn more about pain, they can then take that pain knowledge and apply it to the ones that are around them who perhaps live with pain and we can be more proactive in just caring for their pain and then in general the more people who know about how pain works i sound like a broken record i'm sorry <laughs> get a little excited about this message then the more people we have to put the pressure onto our medical model to be able to expand our services to those outside of the medical model, you know, like coaches, like physiotherapists, like, you know, all our therapists, all of these providers that can do, can help to also pressure the insurance companies to be able to change processes where, you know, especially in the States, you're not relying completely on the word of the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies too. I mean, I worked one for one for 10 years and I know that, it's a business and, you know, they they only know the current medical model and how to prescribe, right? And, and there is a time and a place for that, but there is just so much more than that. So that is how we change the world. It's is if we can, if we can, you know, understand more, we can be more inclusive. We can, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And just have those conversations. And I think those conversations can happen can't happen unless we understand what's going on. Absolutely. So understanding, mm -hmm. advocacy, and storytelling. I love storytelling. Yes. Like yes, yes, the yes. more that I, the more that we talk about the things we're going through, the things we're experiencing, what it feels like, the more that understanding comes across, which can then lead to the advocacy. Yes. Of it. yes. You know, I always say, I've said this a couple of times on this podcast already, but our story is not for us. It's it, mm -hmm. it happens to us, but it's for others. And so when you think about what you're experiencing, yeah. how can you use that to to help others yeah. and make that impact? And I'm so glad you said that because I think one of the really important aspects of recovery, whatever that looks like for you, is that reciprocity, that sense of purpose. 
and giving back. And, and that's part of what we do in our communities. It is really important for us to be able to bring back that sense of purpose, live life with your values, because as you know, with chronic pain, sometimes, you know, your values get compromised, not yeah. because you're making that choice, but it's just, it's the lived experience. So getting back to that and helping others is such an amazing part of the experience. And, and I think it's difficult for people to understand how powerful that giving back really is. It's, it's so important. Like you said, especially, I mean, I'm fortunate enough. I'm not bed bound, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I could imagine being bed bound and feeling like, where's my purpose in this yeah, feeling yeah, like, yeah. you know, and so this is a way that you can give back half purpose. You can even make a change, even if you're bed bound. Absolutely. And if I might be so bold as to say, I think part of the reason why you are not bed bound, because you very could, very easily could be, you are not bed bound for a few reasons, because you are giving back by you doing this podcast, right? And by spreading your message, challenging others' thought processes around giving back. You know, you're active, you're engaged, you are commu- you're doing meaningful work, right? Those are all really important factors of pain. And, and so many of our people in our community have lost that. And so the more they fall into that, or pardon me, away from those positive life experiences, the more bedbound they become. Mm-hmm. So whatever it takes, we need to fight for our recovery. Yes. You need to insist on your success. Like you yeah. said, that's why I got so excited about your approach to this, because it is crucial. But again, a lot of people won't necessarily think that way up front because they feel like they're so broken. They feel like I can't do this. I can't take on another thing. Right. There's so right. many things to do when it comes to living with pain. But if you can start to get back to finding joy, like it's small, little, tiny tidbits of joy here and there, yeah. giving back. And it all starts with just, you know, opening up the ears and listening to the messages that there is hope. I mean, you're a great example of that. Seriously. Thank you. I appreciate that. And listen, I am so thankful for you and people like you who are helping people navigate this because you're, it's, it's a lot and it's hard. And when you're, you know, you're going through this pain journey, you're grieving your mm-hmm. past life. You're learning how to live in this new way. And so I'm really appreciative for the guides that we have, including you, along this journey. I would love, Dina, if you could tell our listeners where they can find you, if they want to work with you, how do they get in touch with you? Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity, for one. You know, any chance that I can talk about this? Because more people need to hear it. Before I get on to my information, it kind of reminds me of the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you've ever seen the movie. They do all this work to get all this, to get the ark itself. And then it gets stored away in this vault, which no one ever sees it. And it gets locked away. That's what's happening with information around research for chronic pain. So we want to open up that vault. So I have a membership site for those who live with chronic pain, where we are opening up that vault and we bring people in and we educate them about pain. We coach them through the process because it is work. And it is doing a bit of a deep dive. And w- but the beautiful part is we have a community of people who've been there, done that, <laughs> and have come out the other side and learned a ton and can help those coming in. So again, that reciprocity, giving back and purpose is really important. So I, my website is paintopossibilities.com, but the two is number two. So pain number two possibilities.com. 
Within that, it's called the Change Pain Academy, where we invite people in who are ready and willing to sort of explore and do the work in a great environment. So, But if they're not sure if they're ready, because that's always a tough call, right? Am I? How do I know if I'm ready? I do have a quick quiz that they can take on my website where they will break it down and then give them some advice to where to go next kind of thing. So um, I'm going to go take the quiz after we get off this morning. <laughs> Thank you again so much for sharing your wisdom and your light with us. I mean, I just, y'all can't see her because this is audio, but there's just so much light and the excitement you had. I can tell that this is your passion. And so thank you for bringing this gift to the world. Oh, thank you. I, I was so excited to hop on your podcast. I love your work. Absolutely. Yes, I do. So, and thank you to your listeners for, you know, just lending an ear for a little while. Absolutely. You Belong Here with Beth Ruffin is a production of The Everyday Inclusionist and can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow, subscribe, share, and leave a review. If you have a question you'd like me to address, send an email to info at bethruffin.com. Thank you.